and welcome to The Executive Appeal, a show that convenes the world's most powerful and successful leaders to share mentoring and career advancement advice to help you successfully transition into senior level executive positions. I'm your host, Alex Trimble, award-winning speaker, author, and leadership expert with over a decade of experience coaching and advising some of our nation's most senior level government leaders. So if you're ready to reach your goals, let's get started. Hello, everyone. My name is Alex Trimble, and this is the Executive Pill Podcast. As you know, this show, along with all of our speaking, consulting, and training services, are laser-focused on helping organizations prepare high-performing leaders from all backgrounds to successfully transition to and excel in VP and other senior executive-level positions. And if you and your organization are serious about developing diverse and highly effective executive leadership teams, then uh, one, you're in the right place. And two, we encourage you to visit us at gpsleadership.org or reach out to us on email at team at gpsleadership.org because we'd love to discuss with you how we can work together to help you and your organization reach its leadership development and culture elevation goals. Second, The Executive Pill is now one of the top 5% most popular shows in the world. Yes, booyah. I feel like that's like an old cartoon saying like booyah, but we'll figure that out later. <laughs> and, this, and this didn't happen by accident. It was you who made it possible. It will be you who determines the continued success of this show. So please do us a favor. If you find the content um, shared by our phenomenal guests, do us a favor. Please click the like. Please click to subscribe. Please share this with at least one other person. And do us a favor. As you have comments and questions, please put it in the chat box because all of that interaction helps the algorithm show it to more and more people. And I promise you, if you're getting something from it, someone else is going to get something from it. So um, each one, teach one. Yeah, we're going to go with that. And finally, I am so excited. I know I've been saying this now for the last few months, but I am still freaking excited um, that my new book, Relationships That Work, Four Simple Steps to Building Internal, sorry, Building Intentional Connections in Business and in Life is now available for purchase on Amazon.com. And I'll tell you really quickly, um, I love this and where it's been going is because um, we, it's the book started off already top 10 Amazon bestsellers. And since then, it has only skyrocketed. And so I love the questions. I love all the comments that are being shown and, 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 and shared with me via the book. Please, please, please get your copy today, Amazon.com, Relationships That Work, Four Simple Steps to Building Connections in Business and in Life. So you can reach your professional development goals. And now with no further ado, can I say today, today is a good day. See, <laughs> today we, we have, you can't laugh. I'm, this is what I do. Um, today, <laughs> I'm not. I, I, <laughs> today we have the always amazing and very blissful and very laughable Liz. We're going to create a word. Um, Miss Melissa Richardson. See, Melissa currently serves as the Vice President for Team Success at CLEAR. Yes, CLEAR, K-L-E-E-R, because they are cool. They spell it with a K. And as their talent and business part, oh my God, I got to stop messing around. And as their talent and HR <laughs> business Alex, you're part, making me laugh. <laughs> because you're so much fun. <laughs> see, you. everyone, this is not scripted. Um, see, as their talent and HR business partner, she brings a proactive results-driven approach to the table. She has an, an innate passion for building highly effective teams and is very passionate of, of just being a certain a servant leader. And I think she would actually be the very definition of a servant leader, which I promise you we're going to start this, this conversation off with. She believes wholeheartedly in empowering people 
with the right tools and resources needed to drive growth in an organization, strategy, talent branding, aficionado. She is a performance coach, and sometimes she is an in-house therapist, which we will definitely talk about. This woman is just a Jackie of all trades. So can I just say, how are you doing today, madam? I'm doing great. And thank you so much for having me, Alex. And I'm really excited uh, to talk with everyone today. Um, and congratulations uh, on the book. That is amazing. I'll definitely be uh, purchasing a copy after we get off today. I thank you so much for the congratulations. You know, really quickly on that note, like I was telling someone, it's almost like I was, talk, I was giving a class the other day, a course the other day, and we were talking about feedback. And we're like, um, I'm like, who loves feedback? And there's this, there's a few people raise their hands. And I'm like, yeah, you are liars. Um, because no one loves feedback. You can appreciate feedback, but feedback is, is, is could be difficult. It could be, you put you on the defensive. So, you know, you can appreciate it. I'm not sure how many people love it. So to the book part, you know, writing is not fun. Writing <laughs> is not fun at all, actually. But I always love having written because this, the experience of writing and getting your ideas, it requires you to slow down and really think through what you're saying um, in order to convey an idea. I don't think we always do that. What are your thoughts? I absolutely would agree. Um, it's interesting that you say that because um, writing is not fun either for me, um, <laughs> but I love it at the same time. And so every time that we need to put together a post um, or a new job ad, which I like to put a very creative spin on it and um, make sure that it actually expresses who we are as a culture. It has a voice coming through. So I agonize over how something is going to be written, how it's going to sound. And I will just kind of start writing. I'll have someone alongside of me and I'll say all the time, just bear with me. I'm going to continue to delete and write, delete and write. Um, but then once it all comes together, I'm like, yeah. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> it's, 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 yeah, that's good. <laughs> you're, to everyone, this is why she's so freaking awesome. So, I, you know, you, you, you had me thinking already as I was, as I was thinking about what to just start off with. Um, and you started talking about, you know, working with other people and partnering with them. And you, you remind me of a servant leader. Um, and mm -hmm. so before, you know, this show, I wanted to make sure I did my homework. So I went and looked up. Um, servant leadership in the dictionary. And as we would all assume, which makes sense, right next to servant leadership, it says uh, Melissa Richardson. So um, <laughs> that is a great definition. However, could you do me a favor or no, not me, everyone else a favor? And he, what is servant leadership aside from you? Yeah. Um, and so to me, it's very much leading with your heart and making sure to really understand the whole person and not treat any two people the same. Understand what they need, what makes them tick, and then how to really harness that um, to drive performance, drive excellence. Um, I am someone who very much works alongside um, anyone who is reporting to me or isn't even reporting to me. It's just appear or needs guidance, I will roll up my sleeves. I will get my hands dirty to teach them, to help them along, to figure something out. Um, it's just, it, again, it, it's being in it um, with your people and, and truly caring um, about them and, and their success as much as um, the organization's success as a whole. You, you know, okay. So great definition. 
Okay, it's, now we're gonna play hardball. I'm just joking. Okay. Um, I was at I was out um, with one of my clients, my one of my coaching clients, and he's a um, he's the executive over a large organization, and I was telling him about a conversation I had with another one of my clients, and the conversation was about how this person was going through some really difficult times at work, and they were they were doing everything they could do to just keep their team afloat. Everyone keep everyone moving in the right direction. And they, they share with me that like, you know, Alex is crazy because I've been so focused on them. I feel like the only person who actually focuses on me is you. Like no one ever asked how I'm doing. And you're the only one who asked. And then I was, I was having this conversation with you know, my other client and he said, he said, Alex, I'll, I'll tell you, there are months before we started meeting, there are months I would go where only maybe once a month some would actually say, how are you doing? And not like, how are you doing? Like the just passing by type of way, like seriously caring about like, like me as a person. So I want to ask you the question about servant leadership. Does servant leadership also mean that you are a doormat? Does it, mm-hmm. does it mean that you're a doormat? Like how, how do you be a servant leader but, and, and make sure that you feel like someone appreciated as well. You know, how how do you do that? Can you do that? I think you definitely can. Um, I think it's a learned skill though. Um, and I'll I'll give you a little bit of a a story here. Um, but in my last company, something, uh, had happened, uh, with one of my children. And so I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going, and I want to be at the top of my game and I want to continue to excel and and prove, you know, that I've, I've earned my seat at the table. Um, and then, you know, life kind of smacks you in the face. And I very much wanted to keep my personal life separate from my work life. Um, and that's on me, right? I um, didn't want to let people know what was going on with my family because I thought I could handle, I could handle it all. And expressing that would show a sign of weakness. And I was looked at as like a woman in leadership. Um, and so when I would come home, you know, that's when I would kind of um, sit in my, in my feelings. And I very much felt like I um, was sitting in it alone. Um, and again, I, I did that to myself. But working at Clear, um, working alongside the leadership team that I do now, I I started having these one-on-ones uh, with everyone on the leadership team very early on, just as a way for them to get to know me as a person and really just mm-hmm. kind of try to understand who they were. And through those conversations, um, I would always carve out time, um, especially in the beginning of the conversation. And sometimes it would end up taking the entire meeting where I would start to ask them, how are you? How are mm-hmm. things going? And giving them a very safe space to be able to talk to me about anything that they wanted to talk to me about. But as that started to happen and they would share, I started to feel comfortable to Mm. share similar life experiences. And what ended up happening was I started to realize that I wasn't being judged. I wasn't um, being looked at as someone who was ineffective um, or, or weak, as I thought. They saw me as a real person. And it allowed them to feel more comfortable with being open and sharing things with me that they couldn't share with their teams. Um, And so I started to feel more comfortable about opening up about 
you know, sometimes what I need. And now when these leaders come in and we have our one-on-ones at the end, oftentimes the leaders will say, how are you doing? Is everything going okay with you? Is there anything I could do to help you? Because I know you have a lot on your plate without me even having to ask. So again, it's just, think we have to grow into it. And I think we have to allow ourselves um, the ability to know that it's okay to be human mm. and be really good at your job too. I, I I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it so much. And I, I, I love how you, like you said, you went through the process of, um, again, almost like that servant leadership part. Like you were asking someone else how they were doing. And ultimately that allowed you to feel, feel safer, allowed you to be more comfortable sharing your own. Um, so I, I love that you shared that tactic, that story. And if I can just, you know, for everyone else listening, um, I just want to put this out on the table. Uh, you, you don't know how someone's doing. Um, mm-hmm. And if you assume that everything in their life is gravy, um, you, 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 you being the, the person who asks, how are you doing? Hey, you know, let's, let's go grab a coffee. You don't know how you could be impacting that person's life for the positive. And so I always try to remind people, um, one, don't believe social media, right? Because if you look at social media, everyone is living their best life. And so no one needs encouragement. And that is the absolute false. Um, and the other is, you know, again, just I always found, I talk about in the book, Relationships at Work. One of, the, one of the reasons I've been able to build so many relationships is because I care about people. And, and you got to remember, these executive leaders, they're people. <laughs> you, you can't think that, oh, because they're executive, they're, they're so high achieving, they look like they're perfect. No one is perfect. Everyone's going through something. So to that point, I want to share a story that, you know, me and Melissa were talking about. I am a new father. And um, yay. Uh, the little guy is so cute. He, is he so really cute, is. <laughs> but he's an a-hole. Like, I, <laughs> I can say this because I'm his father. Um, so. <laughs> I, he is, as of the recording of this, 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 this interview, he's two and a half months, almost three, almost three months. And like, now he's like, he's smiling and he's laughing and he's like engaging and looking at people. And, and I've always just seen myself as this guy who's going to be a great father. Even as I was growing up, I just knew it was going to be a great father. And so I'm ready for this. Right. And then, and then, and the guy won't even look at me. like. <laughs> Like he loves his mother. Like man, like when she's come around, like she, he's nothing but smiles. And like yeah, how, good, good, good. but he when I come around, he will do everything he can to move his eyes in a different way. <laughs> so I I share that to say, like you know, I yes, I know he's a child. I got to work through this. Um, <laughs> but it's more so like it's crazy that I. Again, being self-aware, I'm like, dude, I, for a second, I'm like, I don't feel appreciated. You know, like I'm, I'm changing this guy's diaper. I'm feeding him. I'm, I'm working hard to bring him money to make sure he has clothes. And I don't feel appreciated. And it was crazy how, again, it's a child. I get this. But it was like how, how easily those feelings can creep into you um, just because you, that, that appreciation piece, you know? Oh, I, I definitely understand. And I've been there uh, with my children. I've been there at work, you know, always being that person that is there for everyone else. Um, but I will say that the moment you get that first, I love you, daddy, <laughs> or that hug, 
or that moment that somebody you met um, through the screening process, you know, um, for a job interview that you didn't know from Adam the day before comes into your office because they came on board and they crushed it. And now they're getting a big promotion, you know, and you were part of the journey and you're the person that they wanted to thank for, for getting them there and helping them along the way. Like for me, at least that makes everything worth it. So it's tough in the moment. Sometimes I think we're all human, right? And um, we all feel that we all feel underappreciated, but when you have those moments where like you, they know um, that you are the star in their life. Uh, it erases everything else. <laughs> and then you'll go back to feeling unappreciated again. <laughs> look, I told my wife yesterday, I'm like, look, he got, uh, he, he was born in July. So he only got so many more months until his birthday. So he better uh, change the script pretty fast if he wants. <laughs> and I have a long memory. Um, so, you know, one thing I, I I wanted to I wanted to run an a thought by you. So you know I've interviewed um, people who were COOs who became the CEO. I've interviewed people who were you know assistant secretaries who became the secretary or or the director of an agency. Um, and they always talked about how even though they were literally one step away from being the person in charge, um, when they got into that position, it was still like a big wow, right? Like, an unexpected amount of something um, for you. What, what was the most like, uh, like, what was the thing that you were maybe wasn't expecting when you moved into that next level, um, that, that VP position? Like, and I know again, you had a great, a lot of experience. Was there something that you just, man, I didn't expect it would be like this. Um, yeah, absolutely. So I built my career in talent acquisition. And so I got to be the person who went out, built all these relationships with people, you know, learned about them, what makes them tick, was able to kind of match them with the, the right culture. I did all the recruitment branding. Like I loved that part of my job. And then I slowly started to move into people management. And then I got into the director role. And then you layer in human resources. And then you get into the VP level and you very quickly learn that you have to be able to find balance between wanting to do right by the people in your organization and leading with your heart, which is I always lead with my heart. Um, yeah. That's like my go-to. But then there's also this, I also have to understand what the business needs and making sure that I do right by the business. Mm -hmm. And how do I continue to support the business and scale the business yeah. by also doing right by the people who are the backbone of your culture that are, you know, working so hard yeah. for the business to be able to achieve those goals. And it is, it is tough some days. Are you ready to bring your DEI efforts to the next level? Introducing Alex Tremble 
a professional speaker who combines expertise and entertainment to create an unforgettable experience for DEI professionals and organizing staff. With a focus on leadership, mentorship, and relationship building, Alex is dedicated to helping organizations attract, develop, and retain diverse and high-qualified leaders. From the 12 pillars of an effective mentoring relationship to the seven must-have leadership skills, Alex provides practical advice that can be immediately implemented. Don't miss out on the opportunity to have Alex at your next event. Contact team at alextrimble.com to book the speaker who will take your organization's diversity and inclusion journey to new heights. I, I, I just opened up a can of worms. I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I, I, I mean, I would say a can of, uh, let's say cheese popcorn. Cause I, I, okay. I love cheese popcorn. I love cheese popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, that gets into a topic that I, I love talking and training about, which is, um, right versus right. Um, the whole idea is that, you know, as we like to say, like, you know, decision-making is easy. Well, I don't know. I don't know who says that actually, cause this, this is not easy. Mm-hmm. Um, but, it is much easier to make a decision between a wrong answer and a right answer. When something is wrong and something is right, it's easier. Okay, go with the right. Mm-hmm. But when something is right and the other is right, and they're both going to harm someone, now it gets that much more difficult. You know, I, I, when I talk to leaders about this, it's like, okay, you know, maybe is the right thing to do is to do a reduction in force. Because of the, the the organization needs some funding and needs to retool the data so you can save a, 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 an entire department, which means some people are going to be gone. Or is it the right thing to do to say, no, we're not going to do that we're go- because we're going to ke- care about each and every one person. But ultimately, that may cause everyone to, um, to, to be um, reduced, right? Um, those are both right decisions. It's right to think about the long term. It's right to think about the short term. It's right to think about, you know, loyalty. It's also right to, um, to think about justice. What was wrong? What did you do wrong? It's like, how do you, how do you think through those right versus right decisions? When it comes to the business itself, um, we think about the business and take the players kind of off the team. What does the business need organizationally, structurally, resource-wise to achieve X? And then you start talking, talking about the people that you have to best support that. Are there gaps? Mm-hmm. Um, are there skills gaps? Um, can, are there individuals that we can potentially promote into roles before we hire from the outside? Are there individuals um, who are lacking in skill, but we have training and development that we can offer to best support them so that they can achieve those goals? or are there individuals who are not a fit for X, Y, and Z reason? And that's when it gets tough, right? Um, because you do, you, you want to do right by people and, and you want to make sure that everybody succeeds. What I found in my career is having courageous conversations mm-hmm. with people. Mm-hmm. And when people, even if it's, it hurts to yeah. hear honesty and transparency about the why, People will respect that and they will respect you. And then when you are upfront with, this is the why this is happening, but this is how I can best support you during this transition and trying to be them, be there for them, whether it's 
opening up doors, helping them with networking, Mm -hmm. resume writing. I had someone who left the organization who hadn't written a resume in years and who said, I don't even know where to start. And I said, that's okay. I'll write it with you. Mm. Right. And they were exiting. But I, I do think that just not trying to hide, not trying to craft a narrative that is untrue and, and yeah. having, as I said, those courageous conversations and being upfront and honest. I think people um, will remember that. They will respect that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and people do. They understand you, you do have a business to run um, yeah. as well while trying to do the right thing. I, 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 I really appreciate what you just shared on so many different levels. Um, so you, you make me think of an additive comment. You talk about those courageous conversations. Actually, sorry, everyone, I'm going to take a real quick step to the side. I love what you talked about, about even helping the person with their resume, right? Um, and let me, let me, let me say this side, cause I work with a number of organizations that sometimes when they lay people off, especially senior leaders, they'll hire us for doing coaching for them, right? Help them transition to their next life, which is really thoughtful. Um, and it gets to the same point you're making, which is um, you got to ask, right? I mean, you wouldn't go to every single person and say, hey, let me help you with your resume. Like everyone doesn't need help with a resume. The only way to know how you can provide value is like what you just said, ask the convers- ask the question. You have to have the conversation. And then and also, in addition to the courageous conversations, I always recommend, you know, lead from a compassionate standpoint. Um, when you're making a decision, don't make a decision. Do your best to never make a decision out of fear um, or anger. Though I, I think those two emotions immediately shut down your creativity and you become defensive. So you're you're not trying to make the best decision for that person or for the organization. You're generally trying to make the best decision so you can protect yourself, right? If you're operating from fear or or anger. And so if you think about it from a compassionate standpoint, oh my God. We're going through this. This is a human being who's going through this. Okay, yes, these are the realities. How can I help this person, right? And if you start asking the question and having the conversation with them, I think you come up with a lot of really cool, innovative ways to help people transition through whatever it may be, whether it's just, you know, a project's not being funded or it's going to ramp up or ramp down, like just coming at from compassionate, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I 100% agree. And um I always tell people that the reason I do what I do still is because I care. I genuinely care. And the moment that I walk into a room and I sit down with someone and I have a conversation and I feel cold or I don't care is the moment I know that I shouldn't be doing this anymore. so I want to, for everyone, I want to make sure you, you underscore this because I, I want to make sure very, very clear. You have created a stipulation on yourself in advance, right? I, I love it because now you have a guiding star mm-hmm. versus going through life and maybe one day I won't do this or maybe I, yeah, like, you know what your values are. You know, you know, hey, if this ever happens, it's time for me to pull that ripcord. Um, because I'm not in a good space or this is not the space I feel like I need to be in. I love how intentional you are with that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I will never love me or hate me and <laughs> that's okay. Um, but I'm not going to compromise who I am. I'm not going to compromise my values um, because I have to be able to look my children in the face mm. um, every day 
um, that's truly my guiding star um, and know um, that I've done anything I can to excel at my profession while also staying true to who I am and being as best of a person as I can be along the way. Um, And again, the second that I feel like I've compromised that, um, I'm either not in the right role anymore or I'm not with the right organization. And and I'm assuming that you wouldn't circumvent that by just putting a Halloween mask on your kid. Could you say, you know, look them in the face? <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming you wouldn't do it. Okay. So no, no, I wouldn't. And my, <laughs> my girls, they would call me on it in a second. So <laughs> they will definitely put me in my place. <laughs> oh, my. OK. So look, OK, this is not where I wanted to go, um, but I'm going to go there really, really quickly. What role does our family have in in calling us out? Or, or, or sh- hey, look, work is work and family's family. It, you stay out of this. You stay out of this. Like, what role do you think family has in in keeping us honest with who we say we want to be? Um, I mean, I think that they have a huge role because they they know who you are. Um, they know who you are when the makeup's off, when you're at home, and you've had a really bad day and they're the ones that you know they, they save the tears um they're the first people that you call when uh you've had a big win and you just want to talk about like ah, i just i landed that presentation um you know they're the ones that you want to celebrate with they you know um, what your values are um and i think that my family especially will call me out um and they will tell me uh that was a little bit too much Melissa. Um, or, (laughs) or it's okay. You don't have to feel bad that you said what you said because you did the right thing. Um, and I also know that if ever I'm doubting myself, they're the ones, and I doubt myself a lot. I have very bad imposter syndrome still to this day. Um, but they'll build me up and they'll remind me of all the things that I've accomplished, uh, to get to this point, or, um, they're the people who will, you know, when I'm, I'm having a bad day, my kids will have a dance party in the, in the middle of the kitchen and, um, you know, it snap me out of it and, and bring me, you know, ground me, bring me back to life. I don't know. They're just, they're everything. Um, they're, they're like my reason, my why. Um, and so, and they're also the why I work so hard. Um, yeah. Like I really want to show I have something to prove to myself, but I really want to prove to my daughters um, that you can be a great mom while also being like at the top of your game yeah. uh, in the business world too. You know, um, two two things. One, I am a hundred percent in alignment with you, and I I, I benefit personally um, from my wife so much. Um, my son, I mean, he's only uh, you know he's only two months, so he can't yell at me too much so far. Um, well, he can yell at me, but I can just close the door. He can't follow me. Um, my wife though, like she calls me out every once in a while, like, like literally, um, like someone will offer me an opportunity and she's like, Alex, um, is that in line with what you what you say you want me to be focusing on this year? Mm-hmm. N- no. Why are you doing? Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. and I, I love that she, we've created this space in our household that she can do that. Like she, she calls me out on those things. And I really appreciate it because I am, I'm that, I'm, you know, I'm an idea guy, right? Like someone throws a good idea by me. I'm like, yes, let's do it. And we can do it really well. And what I've learned also is as I've gotten to the levels I've gotten to, you can't say yes to everything. You, you gotta say no. And yeah. so I, I, I love that I have my wife that does it. And two, I want to talk about this really briefly. 
imposter syndrome. And you've mentioned that you have it. And I would venture to say um, the vast majority of people have imposter syndrome. And I would say even a larger percentage of high achievers have imposter syndrome. Um, and because I do too, right? But I, I want to call out that, you know, I think we, we can get better at managing it. I think we all, we definitely can get better at maybe having the right people around you to help you through those situations. Um, but what's more important is to look back and see your success and say, Okay, even though I do have imposter syndrome, I'm a badass. I've done this and I've done this and I've done this and I've done this. And that is evidence that even moving forward, you're going to even do even more stuff. So for everyone listening, for you, but and everyone listening, if you ever feel that way, again, I, I promise you, I talk to COOs and CEOs and da, 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 and they all feel the same way, but they've still achieved greatness, which means that that's how cool you are, that you've had these feelings and you pushed through it to do what's great for you and those around you and your family. And Alex, uh, you know, I will say too, that if you can't do it for yourself, find your person. Mm -hmm. My husband, for me, he's that person. Uh, he is the eternal optimist. He's the big idea guy. He believes yeah. in me more than I believe in myself uh, most days. And he's the person who will put me in check and say, you are a badass. Um, <laughs> and I need that sometimes. Uh, and without that, you know, I don't know if, uh, you know, I'd be where I am. Uh, but yeah, so if you can't do it for yourself, definitely find that person who, who is that rock for you. Oh, man. Um, okay, look, okay. One more question, and I know we have to wrap up. Um, you talked about training, you talked about developing staffing and gaps. Um, what do you all do? to develop your senior leaders and high potentials? How do you, what do you do to develop them for those next senior and executive level positions? Yes, um, so we offer um, a vast free training program. Um, so we have about 5,000 online courses um, that are available in everything from leadership development and various skills training to better communication or presentation skills. Um, we layer that in with continuous training um, provided by our leadership team. Um, we're actually going to be rolling out uh, next year, so our team doesn't even know this. Um, but there's going to be um, offsite training um, that where we're going to be able to send individuals who are interested in leadership or who are merging into leadership positions um, to go um, and hear from other leadership trainers um, for more skills development. Um, we do uh, these in-office days where we have once a month, um, we'll do a company-wide training. Um, and it can be around many different topics. But one of the things that we've rolled out is something called the Solve the Business Challenge, where we will start in the morning and present a challenge that we're facing, whether it's with our customers or a current process that we have or a system or tool that we're using, whatever it is that we're having trouble working through, we'll present it to the entire company. And then we do breakout sessions throughout That's the day cool. and work through it together and hear ideas from people who are outside of just, you know, sales, you're hearing from yeah. people in product, or you're hearing from, um, you know, people in customer success, so that we can kind of go back and refine or, or rebuild processes. So um, there's a lot of collaboration that goes on. Um, and then, of course, there's constant one-on-ones between managers, 
managers who are having one-on-ones together and, and direct reports. So um, we do a lot uh, in terms of trying to invest uh, in our team and their growth. And uh, just in the past year, we've had 13 internal promotions. Um, so we always try to look within um, before bringing in individuals into higher positions from the outside. Um, two points really quickly, everyone. Um, that's so freaking cool. Um, <laughs> and and that is extremely smart because we all know that it is one from a dollar standpoint, it's much easier and much more cost effective to to retain great talent versus always trying to bring someone in. Then you also have, know they already in, they they fit with the culture, right? Like there's so many great great reasons for why to develop internal staff versus kicking the can down the road and say, okay, we got to find someone externally. Like it's just, I love what you're doing. Um, I know that um, you, you and I were talking. I know you're supposed to be jumping on a call with um, with um, with Zuckerberg and Elon Musk to to kind of to coach them through their business. Um, so I, I, I got it. Um, so. Is there anything you'd like to share with our audience as we begin to wrap up? Um, I think I just want to reiterate the fact that you can you can do anything um, that you set your mind to. Just love what you do and then figure out any way that you can to kind of harness that passion. Because if you love what you do, then others are going to be attracted to that passion. They're going to get excited. They're going to want to work alongside you. Um, you know, they, they're drawn to that. So love what you do, stay true to who you are. Um, and you'll definitely, you'll find success. Yeah. Yeah. There's no other better way to end this session. Thank you, madam. Yeah. Thank you so much, Alex. This has been so much fun. Um, I really, uh, have loved talking with you and, um, just appreciate you having me today. Look, I have, I admittedly have like one of the best jobs. Like, just, yes. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll just very, I'll very briefly say this. Um, I was talking to someone yesterday about this. Um, my wife asked me this question a while back. You know, if you were to win the lottery, um, what would you do? Like, if you to win the lottery, never have to worry about money again, what would you do? I was like, oh, simple. Um, I uh, coach, I love it, coaching executives. Um, I would speak because I love being on the stage and, and engaging a crowd. And I would interview people because I love engaging in meaningful conversations with people. And those are three things I get to do on a daily basis. And so I love I I am blessed. Um, last thing I'm going to really quickly say is that I I've worked with a lot of people who who believe that in order to be, quote unquote, successful, you have to be in a job that you don't want to be in. You have to be the leader over X. You have to have this many staff working for you and so on and so forth. You can have a very, very, very great and happy career in life um, being an individual contributor. You can, there's always ways to, to provide value um, and to do it in a way where you don't hate what you do every day. Um, I'm actually, because this is your episode. So you have any thoughts on that before we wrap up? <laughs> I, that's exactly what I was you know, trying to drive home. Um, it's just, I think, um, you can absolutely add value to an organization in any position that you're in when you truly love what you're doing, you believe in what the company is doing. There's alignment between the company values and your own values. You don't feel like you're sacrificing yourself or your family um, to be successful. And success 
doesn't have uh, one definition. Uh, everybody mm-hmm. can have their own version of success and everybody can have a bad day and you can still be successful. Um, and so I definitely uh, agree uh, with what you were saying for sure. Look, everyone, you know where we're going with this. If you found one itsy bitsy bitty itty bitty tiny piece of value from this episode, which if you only found an itty bitty tiny piece, you need to again listen to this again because your ears were evidently not working. Um, or sorry, you weren't reading the subtitles because you can also be able to read the subtitles, get the the the, the the juiciness from this episode. If you, but if, if you found anything of value, look, don't just keep it to yourself. Don't say that person over there should have been here. They could have been here. They would have been here if they would have done something different. Don't do that. Bring them to the table. Don't just look back, reach back. Bring someone else to the table to make sure they are having the opportunity to grow and, 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 and be inspired by these stories that, that Melissa shared today. And then more importantly, don't just bring them to the table, bring the content to them. Click the like, click the share, subscribe, comment, share your thoughts. I promise you all of this, if you found anything of value, um, I promise you someone else is going to find value as well. So please support. And also be sure to get your copy of Relationships That Work. Uh, I promise you, if you're someone who wants to be a leader, um, you need to have, be understand how to have relationships. If you want to be an individual contributor, you need to understand how to be have relationships. If you want to do anything in this world, unless you are in a cave or box by yourself, you're going to have to have relationships with other people. So this is a book that you should definitely check out, Relationships That Work. As always, I encourage you to stay strong, stay positive, and definitely stay moving. See ya. Thanks for listening to The Executive Appeal with Alex Trumbull. I invite you to follow The Executive Appeal wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow me, your host, Alex Trumbull, across all socials or via email for exclusive webinars, courses, and speaking engagements on continued topics of executive leadership. So until next time, stay strong, stay positive, and definitely stay moving.